Thanks for tuning in to My Weight Live, the podcast where we talk to medical experts about the latest research and how you can apply it to reaching your best weight. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at myweightwhattoknow.com or search My Weight What to Know on Facebook. We're always posting new articles, videos, and tools that make living a healthy life easier. In this episode, we're talking about binge eating, uncontrolled eating, what they are, and how to stop the cycle with registered health psychologist, Dr. Michael Vallis, joining us from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Dr. Vallis, thank you so much for joining us again tonight. Oh, you're very welcome. So Dr. Vallis, many people on our website have told us that binge eating is a real challenge for them. And I'd like to ask you a few questions about that. When we were chatting about this earlier, though, you suggested that we think instead in terms of uncontrolled eating. So tell us what you mean by that phrase and how it differs from binge eating. So I would say that binge eating is a problem that a person can get into. So think about it as as kind of the extreme of a continuum. It's just like depression. We all feel sad. There are times when we're more sad than others. And there are times when some people can get so down that they actually will be diagnosed with depression. But all of us have this drive to eat. And that drive is human nature. It's a survival instinct. So we all have the drive to eat, but we live in a society where we have to kind of pull ourselves back. And so you kind of think you have a gas and a brake, but the brake gets tired. <laughs> so so the, we, that restraint part, if you're, if you're stressed, if it's late at night, I mean, how many people overeat at breakfast versus overeat at the end of the day when they're tired? Um, and so this idea of uncontrolled eating kind of normalizes it, but also allows you to start to think about how am I managing it? And we sometimes think about looking at, can I change the situation so that it's easier? So, you know, if I have this drive to eat when I relax, in the evening watching TV, and I sometimes open a 300-gram bag of potato chips. Um, well, if I only bought small bags of potato chips, uh, and I only bought one at a time, then I open the bag, I, I wouldn't eat as much. And so there are many, many strategies to manage uncontrolled eating. And as a psychologist, I, I like to reserve the term binge eating to people who would meet that criteria in exactly the same way that I would want the, you know, depression as a mental health disorder to be diagnosed so that people can be treated. I would want people with binge eating disorder to be diagnosed and treated as well. So if we think about uncontrolled eating as a spectrum, as kind of you, as you pointed out, because certainly we all have had that experience of eating that second piece of chocolate cake that we really know we shouldn't eat, but it just feels bigger than us. How does someone evaluate kind of where they are on that spectrum, what they're experiencing and, and what's driving their eating and whether it's something they should be paying more attention to, perhaps with a mental health professional? The, the two things there is that it's a sort of this uncontrolled drive. And so, you know, going back for seconds or even thirds um, doesn't to, in, doesn't describe a binge. So what's a binge? The entire loaf of bread followed by the entire pie and then, you know, two sleeves of a box of crackers, three, 4,000 calorie intake in a short period of time, like one to two hours associated with this tremendous um, uh, struggle, this, this sort of, you know, just full on drive to eat and sense of shame and regret. And so it really does describe an extreme situation. And many people will will just 
confuse overeating with binge eating. So I was talking with a friend who's a nurse about this, and she suggested that, you know, rather than thinking about binge eating, people need to think about kind of high-risk times of the day. So if someone notices that, as you alluded to, after dinner is a hard time for them when it comes to uncontrolled eating, what might you suggest they shift about their environment or your think-through or plan to, to minimize that? I actually couldn't agree more with that nurse's comment, that idea of scanning your day and finding the high-risk times. And then there's actually a lot of strategies that can be really effective. One of those strategies is to really take uh, stock of the, the cues around the situation. And so, for instance, a very straightforward strategy that someone could have would be um, after my dinner meal, if I want to eat anything, it has to be at the kitchen table, on a plate, with a knife and fork, no phone, no radio, no conversation, sit down and eat. So isolate the eating behavior from playing a video game, watching TV, watching Netflix, social media, um, and make it a very separate behavior. Um, also, what I think is actually super important for people is what purpose is that eating serving? Is it calming? Is it numbing? Is it reward? And then replace the function. Find another non-food activity that can give you a sense of comfort, a sense of relaxation, a sense of reward. So when we were chatting with you earlier, you were saying that you hear a lot of people describe what they're doing as emotional eating, but really it has much more of a reward function. So talk a little bit about that and how and how we do use food as a reward for managing stressful situations. Absolutely. Um, first of all, again, it's just human nature, right? If I like you, I'll feed you. If I like you a lot, I'll feed you something special. Um, I mean, this is just how, how we actually operate. Tell me when, you know, if you raise children, your children has a little accident, you give them some food and something that's a, sort of a comfort. So it's just really, really natural for people to turn to food as comfort and it has great reward uh, value for, for people. So the reward value of food is super, super high. Now, if it truly was stressful eating, so emotional eating, you would expect to see two things. When I'm emotional, I'll eat. And how emotional I am will control how much I eat. And when you look at the emotional eaters, neither of those things happen. It sounds more like their food becomes the reward. And we know the reward value of food is so high because food is for survival. And so what we see is people sort of, you know, getting through the stress of the day and then rewarding themselves with the food. And so people describe that as sort of emotional eating, but we actually don't believe that it's the emotion driving the eating. We think it's the reward value of the food helping the person manage, which is why it's so important to think of alternative man stress management types of activities of which there are very many that people can use to replace the function. So you don't need the food if you have something else that can accomplish that stress reduction. So are people who are on very restrictive diets, are they more likely to experience uncontrolled eating than those who might have a more moderate approach to food? That's a great question. Um, and, and I think that's kind of a, 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 the response is, is to just uh, remind us that one size does not fit all. And some people have that kind of you know rigidity to their behavior. They can set a goal, they can do it, 
they can exclude food and it goes away and they just sort of, it disappears. And if you're that type of a person, you know who you are. But not everybody has that. And if you don't, then this is what the problem happens, is that if you aren't that kind of a person who can have that level of control, then you need to find a way of not to overly depriving yourself because then it can lead to this rebound where you know we know that you can overdo it because you sort of feel deprived. And that, of course, I mean, I can create a craving in you just by saying, Ansley, I never want you to have ice cream again. So <laughs> what am I thinking about? And ice then you're going to start thinking about ice cream just because I told you you can't eat it. I mean, that's human nature. And so, so we will, you know, kind of match it to the person. But the it is certainly a risk factor. And but many people know this. Many people will be able to identify that pattern from the past. So I often suggest to people to look into your past and and if you had to put yourself in one of those two situations, which one would you put yourself in? When you were saying earlier that, you know, um, we often use food as a reward for stressful situations. And I, I was just thinking to myself, like, the more you deprive yourself of certain types of foods, the more rewarding they become, the bigger of a deal it is when you let yourself have them. So it is kind of it, for, for many people, and I would be one of them, you know, setting up that kind of that deprivation mindset makes them kind of a bigger carrot on the other side. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's understandable. But not only that. But you have this kind of like, um, oh, my goodness, um, I shouldn't be eating this, uh, but I am. So I'll eat it all. And then and then and then I'll kind of get it out of the way. Right. So it's almost like this guilt ridden overeating, which actually compounds the problem. If a person watching at home right now is struggling with this pattern of kind of eating, and I'm going to use the word in quotes, good for some period of time and then breaking down and kind of going overboard on foods that are more triggering, how might they think about stopping that cycle? Great point. Um, I guess the question would be, is so two things. One is, is there sort of a, a sort of a, a constant moderate or do they need to be one of those people who say, you know, I find that, um, you know, if I'm eating relatively well for a couple of weeks, what really works for me is to take a day or two and just just relax, not let go in an unrestrained way and you know, eat everything in sight. But I like to have some days when it's just like, you know what, I'm not going to worry about what I eat. I'm just going to have, you know, reasonable amounts, but I'll eat whatever I choose. And then you have this kind of sense of that was great, right? I made a choice. I was happy with the consequences. And now I can move on. Last question. One thing that characterizes uncontrolled eating and certainly emotional eating and binge eating also is the shame that people feel about it afterwards. How do you encourage people to work with those feelings? Yeah, shame is toxic to behavior. There's really no way to to sort of deal with it. You have to really, I think, take a forgiving perspective and go into a situation. And so the idea of non-judgmental curiosity, I wonder what was really driving those behaviors. The idea of taking a compassionate approach. Think about how a friend who goes through a situation like that, how much you counsel a friend who had an episode of overeating or, or, you know, wasn't able to manage a situation in the best way possible. And they were feeling pretty critical of themselves. Um, and see if you can take that similar kind of compassionate uh, perspective uh, on yourself. Um, but I really think that when it comes to food choices, and again, I think I've made this comment before, 
you know, I see the relationship with food like a love relationship. You should eat food that you love that loves you back. And if it doesn't love you back, then it's not a good relationship. And so the shame may be an indication that that's actually not in your best interest. Maybe not the amount, maybe not the type, maybe not the setting. Dr. Vallis, you have given us so much great information on a very important topic. I know the folks at home appreciate it as much as I do. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. If you're struggling with uncontrolled eating, know that you're not alone. If you're looking for support and encouragement from others on the journey, please feel free to join our Facebook group, which is called Personal Health Revolution. Take care. Good night.